Hello, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Baby New Year. <laughs> He's got to take a sip of that coffee. Yeah. I'm Justin, a.k.a. J-Wall. Ah. A.k.a. Find me on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. Whoa, what are you? <laughs> this guy's not 45. You can't find him on Facebook. Figure out one of my 10 emails. Oh. Oh, boy. If you're listening to this episode, congratulations. You've made it. Yeah. It's the end made- of the year. Yeah. yeah you oh, made- just... Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. You did it. Happy New Year. It's our happy, heavy, whole New Year. Yes, that's Uh, a lot of alliteration. Yeah, I just came up with that on the spot. You can splice that a few different ways. But this is our New Year's episode. Happy holidays to those who celebrate it. Uh, it's a new year. You got to acknowledge it one way or the other. You can't. You can't live in the past. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. It's twenty twenty guys. Uh, some of the cult black metal people live in the past. I get it. But you got to. You know, <laughs> it's twenty twenty. Talking yeah. about new school down Yeah. And SDM. Twenty twenty vision. Looking forward. All right. That's the new shit for this year. Yeah. So we have a fun episode. We're we're going to be talking. Will's bringing in some um, landmark albums. That They're we're here. Talk about. I brought yes. them in already. Mm-hmm. They're right behind me in this bag. I'm not mm-hmm. playing tonight, bro. I got I got a lot of physical format shit going on. Tonight. Got that gift sack. I'm going to be talking about albums that in the year 2020 will be turning 40, 30, 20, and 10 years old, respectively. Yeah. Have yeah. Heard, yeah. yeah. Twenty. The year 2020 is marking some hallmarks for these albums. Uh, you know. Maybe we. I was going to talk about this, guys. The, the Spotify um, the screenshots, the data, tell us, social yeah. media. Tell us how you hate the internet. The, the top ten lists. Yes. Uh, yeah, this guy's talking about. He's on. I'm on Facebook for real. Justin's <laughs> not really on. I'm on Facebook. <clears throat> the over forty crowd. We don't like the, the Spotify. Yep. We you know we we don't like a lot of stuff that's going on. We don't the mumble rap. I don't get it either, guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Hard. Yeah, listen hard enough. Shout out to Frank Reini. You can't understand the lyrics. Come on. Yeah. No. Listen. I'm old. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. But I, the top ten lists, like the top ten of the year, <clears throat> that's cool, man. I never felt like I was like informed enough. Like, I always feel like if I'm going to make a top 10 of the year list, I'm going to leave a bunch of stuff out. And through the course of 2020, mm. I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I didn't hear this. I, I fucked up my list last year. You know what I mean? Like, I, got, yeah. I didn't even know this existed when I made my list. Damn. You know? like. Well, there's also that part of me that's like, uh, we were talking about how what we're going to do for this New Year's thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, immediately, we all shot down top 10. Mm-hmm. We pick and choose. There's so much shit that comes out. Um, what's the point? And also, there's a lot of other outlets that are doing that already. And you can find good music that way. But we figured we'll give you another way to find music. That's right. And we recommend tons of new music all year. Yeah. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, in lieu of that, I wanted to uh, celebrate some of these classic albums. And just as a side note, uh, before you guys dragged me out of the uh, uh, the, the bedroom the cavernous bedroom where I collect my death metal, uh, I, I wrote, uh, I typed out some articles for NoCleanSinging.com several years ago, anniversary Ooh. reviews, if you will, mm. um, in the same kind of way I'm doing tonight. I celebrated albums that kind of turned 10 or 20 years old. So you can go back and check that out on NoCleanSinging.com. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Will Smith who wrote articles for NoCleanSinging.com. I don't think the other guy got me there yet. <laughs> no, um, I mean, we're, we're going to start a YouTube channel, so you might be one of the best Will Smiths on YouTube yet, even though they made him number one last year. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're coming for you next year. No, just kidding, FBI, all right? I'm not, I don't want any part of that Illuminati stuff. Um, 
So, but, you know, before we get into all this Happy New Year, you know, squeeze, squeegee stuff, whatever's going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got, yeah. Before, before, before we fucking squeegee before, off before the we, shower door of the old year. Before we clean, yeah, before <laughs> we clean it off, polish it up for you with the with the nice roll. How was your weekend, Tom? What's been going on, man? Let's see. I, I've been doing a lot of roast mortem stuff, busy at work, doing the cartoon thing now. I had something to say, but it, you know what? It's really not important. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Here we are. Oh, oh, I do have something. Um, I I think I'm doing another podcast, a limited run oh, podcast that I will disclose. We got to talk about this uh, off the air. I, yeah. I'm not comfortable. Unless with that it's at all. true crime, then I'm yeah. down because it's hot. We'll see. The new year, we're going to do a test run of this, <clears throat> and uh, hopefully we publish yeah. something else. So that will be my third podcast. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> Are you guys gonna be like interviewing bands, recommending Mm-mm. classic death metal? No, no, okay. no. Okay, it's, all right. Okay, it's, it's probably like, it's, it's like, like probably like beer. It's probably beer related. I'm I'm in like six or seven bands at any given moment, man. I can't begrudge anybody another project, man. Oh yeah, I try to keep you guys exclusive. And speaking of exclusive, what was your weekend like? Well, that doesn't make sense, but what was it like? <laughs> well, Tom, it was exclusively my weekend. Well, we'll just say that. Oh. But, um, no one else had it. You own the weekend. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to. Uh, own the weekend. Words out there. Uh, weekend was pretty good. Um, Thursday. It started on Thursday. It was good. Mm-hmm. Went out for a couple of drinks in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, a little going away, uh, corporate going away party for myself. I'm retiring at, the crisp, <laughs> at, at my crisp old undisclosed age. The Big Apple. Yes. <clears throat> you can make it happen. And uh, Friday was spent recovering from that. Um yeah, you know, Saturday also recovering because it was fucking heavy. But uh, yesterday I made it out to the Amityville Music Hall uh, down in Amityville, New York. True. And caught a really, really great show that, that was put on. Um, headlined by Wreath of Tongues. Yes. Friend of the Russ, show, Russ yes. Savarese, coming on. Um, yeah, we interviewed Russ uh, several episodes ago. You can go back and check that out for the listeners. That's right. Uh, just put out a new record, and they they played uh, or finished up the second show of their their sort of weekend release get outs with um, Blame God. You know, also friends of the show. Yeah, they played uh, St. Vitus, right, and then Amityville Music Hall. That's right, and Carcosa, a uh, great um, Long Island kind of deathy beatdown hardcore kind of thing going on, and uh, God's Eyes, which was just punky punky death grind like it's really this kind of like uh movement that's going on uh in long island and the city of of deathened hardcore in, in a mm. way mm. Um, this was a good showcase of it uh each band fucking killed it um very very cool awesome intense lineup yeah awesome yeah. wow great man kept kept the attention the whole time man it was great. it was really good Glad you made it, man. You, you know the first half of your story, I was getting worried for you, man. Your whole weekend sounded like you were, you were recovering, man. Big oh, Apple well, takes you mentioned well, to me you watched well. Parasite. Tom, I watched that film Parasite. It's good, right? It's a really good film. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to see it at some point, man. Is it on Netflix? What is it on? <laughs> yeah, what is it on? I don't even know. How, I do, you, how do you guys watch? You go I, I went to the theater. I, I went to uh, the, old, the old fashioned, the yeah. old fashioned movie theater. I have a yeah. black market Australian friend. And he, uh, oh boy, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yeah, allegedly yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, all joking aside, we will reach out to those Australian bands. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Will, how was your weekend? Uh, worked a lot. Been crunching them on the overtime, just like I'm always talking about, man. You know, um, doing a little bit of research here for the podcast, going through my record collection, stuff like that. I did have one thing that I shared on the Heavy Hole Facebook page, because I actually do. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Was I'm over 35. Mm-hmm. It's relevant uh, and to me. You know, I remember Justin, you, it's you not used, just a meme for yeah, me. You, you know? used to have need a college email. Yeah, as a 
young millennial. Yeah. Now, yeah. now look at you. I don't even know what a, a college is. A college email is. Is that a special email I gotta have? Does that, From my, a college. A certified email. Yeah. Listen, on Facebook over the weekend, I shared. I bought a Slayer tape, Seasons of the Abyss. You might remember a few episodes back, I talked about this. Yeah. I had my big uh, winger come up, you know, and um, and all that. But that Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss tape, when I finally got around to trying to play that, tape popped. Just going around in circles, nothing playing. Oh. I took a miniature screwdriver, opened it up, took a little piece of scotch tape, uh, and fixed it. Screwed it back in uh, together. Played the tape. Plays beautifully. Amazing. Yeah, analog uh, beauty, analog clarity. Uh, I, I value this tape. I love this. For, for, you know, some people, there might be some people listening like, oh, I don't see what's so great about that. The guy collects dusty tapes. You got to tape them together and scotch tape, whatever. Then you don't understand the beauty of it, man. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, man. Hey. Some people fix cars, you know, in the garage in their spare time that they're never going to drive. My dad's got a little uh, boat, little 18-foot Boston Whaler that he's been working on for years and years. Never takes it out, man. Me, I got my little Slayer tape. I'm just screwing it together, you know. Every weekend they're working on my seasons in the Abyss cassette. You know are, what I'm are saying? Are you pitching a business? What's like, that? Hey, you got you got to bust a cassette, send it to the heavy hole PO yeah. box. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't think of that. But if anyone out there actually does have a popped cassette where the tape popped, uh, you can send it to us, man. So you know, hit us up. We we normally don't disclose all that info until later on in the show, mm-hmm. but we do have the heavy hole podcast uh, at gmail.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. Email your MP3s right over there, and we'll fix your tape. No, there. no, no, we're not, you, the, <laughs> Justin. That's not how the technology works. Damn it! I told you. Oh, I'm trying I told so you, hard. I told you. <laughs> if you actually have a pop tape, man, I'll try to fix it for you. Hit us up on the email. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, why not, man? That would be funny if somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, all right, let's get into some. Let's uh, yeah. So the hottest thing I did this weekend was fix a goddamn thirty-year-old cassette tape. All right. I, <laughs> They're telling me to go on Tinder, these guys. That's a good record. Yeah, wait a minute. All right, so uh, no further ado. My New Year's resolution is to continue uh, celebrating classic heavy metal. And uh, the first step is to celebrate these albums. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. This guy, I thought Justin was about to break a bottle over my face because I was still on Facebook. <laughs> no, and, I'm, I'm pointing yeah. this, the friendly end of this bottle at you. All right. We're uh, gonna, we can edit that. We can edit that. Of gift, course we can. Gift, okay. of the, gift of the show. Okay, so, yeah, so so no no further ado <laughs> to this. There's a gift to the show. We acknowledged it. Uh, and just to acknowledge that we're not complete animals, this bottle sat here for like over a week with us not touching it. Yes. This um, Devil's Reef Cinnamon Spiced Rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a gift from uh, none other than Thomas Anderer, originally bottled by K Street Spirits, Rochester, New York. Gifted to us by Thomas Anderer. Uh, my brother, my bass player, my good man, your friend and mine. Yes, great guy. Him. Thank you so much. I think it's time we all took a ceremonial swig. What do yeah, you guys think? Yeah, wash down that old gear. Tom, we- hit the swig music. Yeah. Try and make the sip as audible as possible. Yeah, sure. True glugging. This is drinking music. <laughs> all right. Cheers. Glug, 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 glug. Mmm. Devil's Reef. <laughs> goes down a little too smooth here you go i haven't drank rum in a while cancel that everybody took a hit of that that uh devil's reef spiced rum so now we now we start the show now i tell you guys that i kissed the dog before we started recording what was that fin troll good drink yeah oh i love that (laughs) all right shall we yeah let's get into it uh speaking of good drinking music Okay, so I want to say happy 40th anniversary to Def Leppard's On Through the Night album, which came out in 1980. Have you guys ever heard of the new wave of British heavy metal? 
you know. Yeah, <laughs> a, couple, <laughs> a couple of times. Yeah, uh, obviously, um, obviously, one of our most uh, our proudest moments here on the Heavy Hole was very early on when we interviewed Steve Grimmett of Grim Reaper. Yes, and I did say, as a result of that interview. Uh, to the listeners, I'm getting a lot. I'm getting back into the new wave of British heavy metal, mm. and I'm exploring some pockets of it that I, I, I wasn't. You know, as a young man, I knew the Iron Maidens of the world, the Grim Reapers of the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I never thought to go back in time to Def Leppard, to when Def Leppard was uh, like considered one of the pioneers of this new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, they were definitely uh, doing the <clears throat> the crossover into not. I wouldn't say commercial stuff because things weren't really um, categorized as such back then. But uh, more approachable music in general, and um, but still going really, really heavy. They had a toe tapping quality that was uh, not as. Um, it, well, it was just more. T- it was more t- reachable. I feel yes. like. I think it would be fair to say that Def Leppard always sought to be a, a commercial act. Within the the rock and roll scene, you know what I mean, without sacrificing, uh, you know, integrity, but definitely they always sought professionalism and uh, to make a career out of it. Obviously, you know, I think that's the key. Without sacrificing like musicianship or or any sort of uh, you know clout. This is really before you have that rift of like what is underground music. There was no underground music forty years ago in a yeah. way. Mm. Yeah. Um, there was some stuff and it just had to do with its lack of popularity in general, but nothing was intentionally underground. Like <laughs> it's an important distinction, man. And it's kinda like when we interviewed Steve Grimmett, he talked about competing with all these bands and battle of the bands for studio time and all this stuff. So it's like this, you know, when you listen to this Def Leppard album, this was their um, first full length album after a few demos and an E P, I believe. Uh, and um, it's the result of like polished musicianship. These guys were performing, uh, rehearsing. They they were writing material and rewriting material. You know, they were they were. Uh, you really had to stand out from the crowd back then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk about with this album, it was produced by um, Colonel Tom Alam, A L L O M, who was a sound engineer on Genesis's first album, from Genesis mm. to Revolution in '69. Uh, the first three Black Sabbath albums, a sen- uh, sound engineer as well, on uh, Black Sabbath, Paranoid, and Master Reality, uh, and was the producer on no less than 11 Judas Priest albums between 79 and even the one that came out last year in 2018. Wow. wow. They kind of took a, took a break from recording with this guy, and, came, and he came back hard. He recorded albums by Kicks, Crocus. Um, so I just, you know, something, before I even, like, did the research and realized who this guy was and that he was the producer on this album in particular, something about the, uh, maybe, like, the mix and the atmosphere of this album reminded me in certain ways of Black Sabbath, mm. of Judas Priest. Now, I'm not going to be the one to sit here and tell you that Def Leppard hits as hard as Judas Priest or Black Sabbath for me mm. uh, in terms of metal, but I've always had an appreci- uh, appreciation for Def Leppard in terms of, I guess you could say, like, uh, harmony. They, they uh, the guitars. They just have an ear candy quality to them. Yes. They have a, right. the vocal harmonies, the guitar harmonies. They know how to write a hook. They know how to, you know what I mean. Even like their later stuff, the, you know, photograph and all that mm-hmm. stuff. The, the, the more pop music centered stuff. Mm. Um, it's catchy. It's listenable. You know what I mean. And like that, there's a little bit of that on here. You know. Well, there, like Def Leppard, kind of falls somewhere between what Judas Priest was doing and ACDC. Yes. Where, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say sugary in in the sensations of what melodic qualities they're choosing, but super palatable. Absolutely, and definitely, um, 
you know, maybe a little bit more uh, of that cl- kind of like classic rock, you know, um, uh, older rock and roll sensibility, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not not necessarily taking a turn for the darker or more intense, the power chords or whatever yet. You know what I mean? There's those songs there that are still kind of like a an old school boogie, you know, like an old school rock and roll type of song. Um, and this album was actually... Some fans, uh, British fans, actually resented this for. I guess they they were, they thought that they were trying to appeal to the American audience was, more. Yeah, I was absolutely going to say that because this has like yeah this 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 sounds like the wrestler soundtrack. You know, yeah. it's, it's, this is like the most like blue jeans American parking lot like kind of kind of riffing. Definitely right now. has that feel, and I think that's part of why I love it so much. Yeah, to be honest, cause it, man. and because you know building off. Tom, but you said like ACDC, Judas Priest. There's a lot of Van Halen as- aspects, a little bit like so. This came an '80, right? And Van Halen's first record was like '79. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, possible, like you know, s- probably not so much. This part right here with know. the keyboards, very David yeah. Lee Roth. Very, yeah, very poignant of that to come on while you're talking about and, that. Uh, and you know, Def Leppard had a showmanship quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. I think that's what it was. Was Def Leppard always had a showmanship uh, and a kind of. Uh, um, I guess music industry professionalism about them that was not metal. Yeah, it was more of you know they were a rock band, mm-hmm. but uh, to call them a metal band, I it would almost be like miscategorizing them aesthetically. You know what I mean? Because they were always like a party rock type of vibe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They were never like a darker, grittier metal band. But with this first album, you kind of get a hint of those. You know, the like the like like I said, the old Black Sabbath and Judas Priest, ACDC, another great reference. Yeah. Uh, where where hard rock uh, with with you know a lot of guitar work is is turning into metal in a way, man. You know you, you get that here and airtight performances, man. You really got to give it up to Def Leppard for the virtuoso kind of musicianship and performances, man, that were captured on this record. Mm. That's what I love so much about like you know '80s metal in general is like even the cheesiest track, you know, even like the most poppy, most commercial cheesiest stuff. There's incredible musicianship there, you know. People just got kicked out of bands all the time because they couldn't shred like someone else right. that was in the other band. You it's, know, so. it's like how um, uh, rappers who you can understand what they're saying like are kicked out of like or dropped from labels because you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Uh, it, it's it's weird. Uh, that's what the audience, that's what the radio wanted to hear at the time. So you have some of the coolest talent coming from this time period. Yep. The last thing I want to say about it is. For all of the kind of like uh, party rock and, and kind of like boogieing, you know, rock and roll anthem type stuff going on, there are a lot of moments of atmosphere here uh, that, that would appeal for fans of uh, like your your older Black Sabbath, your Blue Oyster Cult and that sort of thing, man. Mm-hmm. So this this album is something to, to get into, man. And uh, another thing uh, we talked about a little bit, I think, with Rick when we talked about Grace Guys Fallen was um, his, his appreciation for Def Leppard. Like I said, for the harmonies and for the guitar work, there's something in Def Leppard. Just as I was talking about Winger last week and they get a bad rap, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Def Leppard and Winger are my favorite bands or that that's what got me into metal at all. But in retrospect, man, I'm going to sit here and, and tell you, like, Def Leppard, there's a lot to, to be to be garnered for a metal fan from the guitar work, just like you guys were talking about. Man. <clears throat> Blue Oyster Cult's a good reference, too. Like, Yeah, Blue Oyster sure. Cult, uh, definitely slight, some... Bl- yeah, slight def- rush, like earlier rush as mm-hmm. well. Definitely a lot of vibes like that on this album in particular by Def Leppard, in my opinion. So, happy 40th uh, anniversary in 2020 to this album, Def Leppard, On Through the Night, which came out in 1980 on Vertigo in the UK and Mercury in North America.
Uh, hey guys, this is Paolo. Um, uh, just want to wish you guys uh, a great uh, new year. And, uh, crap. Uh, just ping it up. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> yes, ping it up in the new year, in 2020, man. Happy New Year. In case you haven't caught on, we're playing voicemails. Uh, we, we arranged for some friends of the show to call in. Uh, we, we thank Paulo right off the bat, man, for pinging it up. Man, he sounded, maybe, maybe we just got him out of bed or something there. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't even think he made it out of bed. Yeah, I, I, maybe somebody just ran up on him with the phone and then said, leave a voicemail. I don't know, man. But he, he woke up for the ping part. That's what's important, man. Yeah, so we're going to uh, play a few of the voicemails from some of the familiar voices yeah, you've heard. Yeah, we got some familiar voices uh, back, you know, to, 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 to wish you some uh, season's greetings and give you some updates, man. We also got uh, a familiar New Yorker. Uh, Ralph from Haunted Hotel Records. Happy Hall, what's good? Ralph from Haunted Hotel checking in. I want to give everyone a shout out. Much respect to the Heavy Hole. I got a ton of, he- of uh, positive feedback after that interview. Thank you guys very much. Everybody out there, you should be listening. Quick plug Surgical, split with Kernergia, split 7 inch, should be out any day. Cystoblastosis, split tape with Sulfa, should be out any day. And in 2020, Haunted Hotel finally kills the cock rock greedy hog. <laughs> so, yeah, we got some new releases from Haunted Hotel Rex right now. Go to hauntedhotelrex.com. That's Ralph. Yeah, shout awesome out to Ralph, man. Yeah, killing all the cock rock greedy hogs. Fuck them. <laughs> Doing it big. Yonkers represent me. Yeah, shout out to Ralph, man. Um,. And uh, we got a few more voicemails that we're going to proceed to play throughout the rest of the episode. Uh, we're going to pepper the episode with these voicemails. But I think right about now, uh, we're going to get into another uh, anniversary, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So, um, one album that is actually turning 30 years old in 2020, uh, released in 1990 on Nasty Mix Records, The Accused from Seattle with their fourth full-length album, Grinning Like an Undertaker. Uh, this band, The Accused from Seattle, man, this is a wormhole that the, that the listeners can go down, man, if they haven't. I haven't even gone all the way down this wormhole. I bought this record on vinyl. Um, several, uh, hold on a second. Oh, is this Ooh. a New Year's oh. Flex? Oh, here we go, man. This is my New Year's Flex. Look, I got it on vinyl. I got it at Mr. Cheapo's, I believe, several years uh, back. Look at the, look at the digital. You're a graphic guy, Justin. Look at the digital. Sure. Pixelation. Wow, these are some yeah, yeah, these are bad. some rounded bad. pixels of yes, some low over here. But yeah. um I got this mm-hmm. record maybe like seven or eight years ago, having heard of the accused, but never having fully gone down the wormhole. Mm. Um they're known as like a punk hardcore crossover thrash kind of band. This album in particular, though, is like genius. Uh, they claim to play a genre called splattercore, and I'm not going to argue against them. What I will do is describe this splattercore presented on this album mm-hmm, as kind of like a progressive crossover death thrash that shows its punk roots, uh, very, you know, like like uh, on the sleeve. Um, even casual elements of funk and hip hop. Uh, there's a, like there's a, an, like an actual rap, well wrapped rap verse on here. There's some funky bass lines. Um, there's a lot of stuff on this album that I feel like if attempted by another band, it would come across as really corny and goofy. But these guys pull it off with like a kind of virtuoso performance, extremely tight, uh, you know, like 
uh, together as a band, the song, the rehearsals before this, the songwriting, the everything that was captured on this record is just brilliant, man. I love it so much. Uh, the vocals kind of like have this um, German thrash. Uh, kind of sound to them like, the like creator sound, not completely Sod- unlike Sodom, creator yeah. or destruction in yeah. the vocals, but like oh, with like a, a, an old school Bon Scott inflection almost, man. Uh, and this guy's very talented, man. They're all very talented in this band. It's a super airtight band, rhythm section to guitars to vocals, um, almost like a like a faith no more of crossover S- punk death thrash. Go- yeah, that's that's where I'm going with it. Yeah, it's a bit of a more thrashy faith no more. Yeah, I, I would like not, especially like Lance, uh, you know, um, Angel Dust kind of era Faith No More. Yeah, I would not take that away from them, man. This is a band to get into. I believe they did a, a reunion tour or some shows maybe as early as a few months ago. I, I saw their name floating around, but uh, again, a band that I have to do the research on myself. But I am very familiar with this album as I was lucky enough to get it on vinyl, uh, used for seven ninety nine. Mister Cheapos a few years ago. Mister Cheapos of Comac, there, man. Um, yeah, and it's also, oh wow, promotion only, not for resale, man. Ooh, Allegedly. Oh, Allegedly. Illegal. Mr. Yeah. Cheapos. Uh, 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 mm-hmm. Mr. Illegalos. Does that work? Yeah. You can still say cheapos. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Allegedly. Hey. Did you uh, cross your T's and dot your I's, sir? <laughs> Probably not. On your on your uh, tax forms? Does it all add up, sir? Yeah. But, uh, but these uh, this uh, Running Like an Undertaker album by The Accused, man, this is like... Uh, you know, we we talked about, um, like I said, German thrash. It's also got some elements of like, you know, when we talked about Slayer a few episodes ago, and we talked about like thrash bands kind of um, modernizing for that uh, that that technical death metal era of the early '90s. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is foreboding to that a little bit. Like this was a little bit ahead of its time, almost for for 1990. I'm um, also I'm also hearing. Um I feel like these guys were doing something similar vocally, at least with what Atheist was doing. Okay. There's something about these vocals yeah. that just, the, just the, the way that there's like a squelching to when the notes are held out. Yeah. Like kind of sound. Yeah. It, yeah. It's good. I mean, I like I like the sound. I'm also not really that familiar with The Accused, and uh, now I'm going to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool band to check out, man. And um, maybe for some of our listeners who are more of the death metal uh, persuasion this is a good place to start because a lot of really, cla- like I said, man, classic elements of crossover death thrash on this album. For your fans of your older death and pestilence, uh, there's definitely something for you on here. Um, and like I said, those elements of like funk and even hip hop and you're more like kind of like uh, uh, classic rock stuff that's on here. Um, it, it's it, you, you can kind of like either uh, take, you know, take it for what it is. It's not too goofy or corny just because of the, the performance and the songwriting around it, man. Really, really good band, really solid album. So The Accused from Seattle, uh, Grinning Like an Undertaker album, released in 1990, turning 30 years old in 2020. from Telic Boven. As the nights burn long and the darkness is deep, the great dragon hangs high in the night sky. 
Do you feel the call of the winter's moon? Does the darkness possess you? Can you feel the devil deep inside you? Let him in. Let him in. Let the fires of chaos rage as you listen to the Heavy Hole podcast. Shout out to my friend, Big Will, and all Heavy Hole podcast. Thanks for all the support. And we'll see you guys in the darkness of the coming year. Cheers. Yo, this is Hassan from Ripping Headaches Promotions. I just want to give a quick shout out to Heavy Hole, one of the best podcasts on heavy music out there. Thank you guys for featuring me on the show. Now I get hit up by a bunch of whack-ass bands. No, I'm just kidding. Um, quickly, I want to give a shout out to all my friends and family, my girlfriend Adrian for being so supportive about booking shows. Um, got a lot of cool shit coming up, a lot of tours to announce. Uh, be sure to follow Ripping Headaches on Instagram at Ripping Headaches Promotions and on Facebook at Ripping Headaches Promotions as well. Um, happy New Year, New Year, guys. Cheers. All right. Cheers, Hassan from Ripping Headaches, man. Uh, obviously, uh, all the listeners can go back and check out our episode where we interviewed him and uh, any of these people leaving voicemails, man. Uh, thanks to the people that left us uh, voicemails, man. All right. Let's roll another one. Hello, Heavy Hole. This is Nick Cassiopo, formerly of the Communion, currently of nothing. Hoping you and your listeners don't find themselves among the statistics of holiday-related suicide fatalities. Like I said, I'm still without a music project of any type, but I've got some more writing projects in the works for 2020. And you can still pick up a copy of my debut anthology, Piecemeal, from Nihilism Revised, and you can just find me at N. Cassio Poe on Facebook. All right. Uh, hustle, loyalty, gore noise. Don't be a cool guy in 2020. I hope you guys have a, I hope you guys have another great sick fucking year. And thank you so much for having me on the show to deliver, you know, the communion autopsy report. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Happy, happy, what a joyful holiday message, man. He hopes that we're not part of the statistics, man. That's yeah. good. He's got his, you know, best wishes. Mm-hmm. That's what he was trying to convey there. I love it, man. Yeah. Shout, shout to Nick. Two holiday-related things about that. So, you know, obviously, don't do not do that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. the other one, man's got a book for sale. Yeah. What makes yeah. a better stuffing stuff? Uh, st- stocking stuffer. Yeah, you got a stuffing. <laughs> or a tongue twister. Yeah, something ah, like that. Ah, put the stuff in it. Woo! Oh, I got that, that, that rum just hit me. Left hook. Uh, so, uh, well, it's, yeah. about, it's about to hit your right hook, tough guy, because oh. it's coming around again. Oh, oh boy. God. There's so much Come on. I'm that. the only one who's got to drive tonight, allegedly. Whoa. I mean, uh, <clears throat> no, no, we're, no, we're just kidding. We take that very seriously. We always hang don't out drink and drink green tea afterwards. We live um, in your headphones. Yeah, we don't but, go anywhere. But seriously, check out Nick's book. Uh, it's called Piecemeal. It's a bunch of short fictional works that he's done. Mm-hmm. That it is, man. Yeah. And perfect. Talk- Perfect uh, stuffing stocker, just as uh, Tom mentioned before. Let don't, me hit this rum. Don't die. Shout out to Tom Andrew on the rum. Oh, oh boy. I didn't know you put the cat back this on, man. Fast. I didn't know it was that type of party. Sorry, I, I turned 31 and I still uh, put the cat back on every time. Every goddamn time. Oh, man. Because you got to be safe out there. There's children around. Yep. Woo. Ugh. 
Will, so let's right. say uh, there was an album that was turning 20 right about now. It's so cinnamon spiced. <laughs> an album that's turning 20, you'll be too young for me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just dropping little fucking droplets. Bing just- bong. <laughs> All right. Listen, tough guy. <laughs> okay, tough guy. What's what's the damn album right now? Uh, this album was recorded uh, in the summer of 2000, released on Willow Tip Records. The Genocide Machine by the band Circle of Dead Children will be turning 20 years old in 2020. Um, you know, I've been a fan of this band since like the late 90s when they were around. Always thought they were kind of like underrated, undercredited. They broke up, and it was like I, I just. And now, you know, I listened to this album this week in preparation for this uh, podcast, and it hit me in a whole different way in the context of what's going on in the scene. These guys were like 20 years ahead of the curve, Mm -hmm. all right? They were combining brutal, guttural, cavernous death metal uh, with like those late 90s brutal influences, raw social, political, kind of tinged grindcore, and experimental electronics. And this is 20 years before Full of Hell uh, is like on the cover of Decibel and all that. You know what I'm saying? Or are they on Decibel? They were on Decibel, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not, not going to confirm or deny that. Edit that, <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> and this is 20 years before Full of Hell is like the biggest band in the scene. You know what I'm saying? All due respect to Full of Hell. Uh, you know what I mean? The, com- two, two, two like horses of a different color well, as bands. Yeah, I mean you're not you're but, not saying anything bad about them. It's more of this 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 band was doing something that the world hadn't seen before. It's the in people's its own fault. Way. I, yeah, like, I just feel like this band was underappreciated in its time for what they were doing. They were so forward thinking that it kind of took twenty years for like a band, uh, you know, of of kind of like that sonic nature to to get um get popular, bigger in the scene. You know, man, crazy. Uh, you the, know, the, the first of their kind rarely does well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it got me thinking to a lot of the stuff when we had our deep dive in the subgenre. Uh, um, marine, marine, uh, yeah, rum sent me. <laughs> it was a our, submarine about different genres. Yeah, yeah when, when we had that episode, <laughs> we were there. We when we were in the subgenre marine, uh, it had me thinking a lot, a lot about what Justin talked about with the band The Red Chord and how they were kind of like you know a little bit, a little bit from the death metal, a little bit from the metalcore. This band Circle of Dead Children was just so raw grindcore and so brutal '90s death metal. With um, an air kind of like that social political commentary air of hardcore and the experimental electronics peppered in, man. Um, amazing. Competent death metal and grindcore musicians. Uh, the scene just wasn't ready for it, man. I mean, and you think about all these metalcore and deathcore bands that have come since that. Um, I, not all of them, but a lot of them seem almost disingenuous compared to something like this. Uh, fans of 90s brutal death metal like Mortal Decay, Internal Bleeding, Morpheus Descends, or Grindcore like Phobia, Extreme Noise Terror, and your early Earache record stuff. Uh, this is something that should not be overlooked, Circle of Dead Children. In, in you know, I don't know, um, you know, in the local scene maybe, I think they were kind of lumped in with like the metalcore movement or whatever was going on with hardcore in the 2000s, man, but this is through and through a band that deserves every bit of respect from the death metal and grindcore community, especially in this day and age where I think they could be considered well ahead of their time like visionaries. And you got to remember, for the year 2000, um, this was over the top. I mean, this this was something. This was something like it was presenting the guttural vocals and the blast beats and the raw in a different way. You know what I mean, man? And they and a different kind of scene. You know, so these these guys were just they were misunderstood, like Frankenstein, caught in the middle core. Yep. 
caught in the middle core. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'm so sorry, but also I'm very grateful. So, uh, happy 20th uh, birthday in 2020 to the Circle of Dead Children album, The Genocide Machine, released on Willow Tip Records. Still a very relevant label. Great label. Yeah, how you doing? This is Rick from Gray Skies Fallen, also from Buckshot Facelift, also from a mysterious, unknown death metal band, which will be coming out soon. And we just, I just wanted to wish you guys a happy, heavy New Year's, listening to the podcast on a regular basis is a good thing for everybody, let's keep doing that. As far as what I got going on, Gray Skies Fallen has a new album. Cold Deadlands coming out January 24th. And the new mystery death metal band is recording in February. So be on the lookout for that. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a good one. Hey now. Oh, hey now. Check, check, check. Big Rick checking in from uh, Staten Island or wherever undisclosed location in the woods, wherever he's creeping today, man. <laughs> I can listen to him talk all day. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I have. It doesn't get old. Yeah. Good guy to be in, in a um, in a little little tour vehicle with or something, man. Sick. Yeah, man. Rick from uh, Gray Skies Falling and Buckshot Facelift and that mysterious alleged uh, new band that's going to be recording in February, man, for, for all your um, death metal wants and needs out of Long Island and the, and the tri-state area next year, man, that I, I might allegedly be in. Allegedly. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> Mystery death metal band. Uh, another Top man... 2020. <laughs> Uh, another man that might allegedly be producing uh, the alleged third uh, artificial brain alleged album <clears throat> in 2020. What is that? Uh, Colin Marston. Mm. Yeah, he produced something else, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> just give it a listen. Let's give let, it a whirl. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Shout to Colin. Hi, this is Colin Marston from Behold the Arthropus, Dysrhythmia, Crowther, Gorguts, Indrithor, and Catatonic Heavy Hole, the place where I can go to hear about criminally under-discussed subjects such as Last Many thanks to Will, Justin, and Justin for doing an entire year of weekly podcasts exclusively about brutal, ridiculous music. Congratulations. I also want to say May Happy New Year. Yield good riddance, 2019. wonderful things for everybody. Here As for my own Menegroth, the first thousand thing caves, in 2020 I'm lucky will be enough the to be working on the a number of album records that will be coming out in 2020 overtrove. that the listeners might be excited there about. There will also be uh, the debut album of Piran album, a new Imperial Triumphant Glossio album, uh, as well as, as the Afterbirth one. record, which has already been finished as well for some time. Far too long and dense. Kralis album, much awaited. Finally, the damn new Incenethrak. Thanks to all the people who keep an open mind to any of the music that I created in music or any of the records the that I helped push boundaries and try other things. And thanks to everybody who appreciates the spirit of doing something different.
That's my favorite song of the past year, man, for sure. <laughs> it's still going. This is still part of his voice. You hear it in the it's, background? It's resonating, yes. <laughs> the sustain. <laughs> yeah, we have to appreciate that, respect that sustain. From from Menegroth, the Thousand Caves, man. <clears throat> Colin Marston checking in. It's still, it's still there in the back. <laughs> checking in. Yeah, man. Basically, like as much effort went into that voicemail as goes into like some of his like in, insanely technical compositions, man. That was that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, your your stereo or whatever you're listening to this through uh, is not broken. Yeah, there's five different realities of Colin in that one voicemail, man, and they all listen to Heavy Hole Podcast. So we, we appreciate all of them listening, man. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just taking uh, more information than you should in that amount of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, thank you. All right, so we got a few more voicemails, but before we get into that, uh, you know, we said happy 40th, we said happy 30th, we said happy 20th. Now we got a little little guy, 10 years old. A happy little 10. It's funny, man, because in human years, that makes you a little kid, but uh, to think that this album, Path of Fire by the band Aeon, A E O N, from Sweden, uh, their third full length album, it came out on Metal Blade, was only 10 years ago, man. Uh, it seems like a lifetime ago. Beautiful album, man. Beautiful example of death metal precision and professionalism. Um, uh, what can I say about this? It's ferocious. Uh, it's kind of got like an old school DSI flavor with some other classic Floridian uh, spices. Maybe your a little bit of your hate eternal, a little bit of your morbid angel here and there. Um, very traditional for like those first wave. What I like to say, the first wave brutal death metal. Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, mm-hmm. uh, mid-tier, mid-era, Morbid Angel. You know what I mean? In the 90s when it was really picking up right. and it separated itself fully from Thrash into its own brutal movement. Uh, this is kind of like that, where it does a lot of that classical composition to it, for, uh, taking from uh, uh, earlier metal waves, but um, firmly rooted in that 90s brutal death metal. Uh, maybe like the unique leader generation is a good way to put it for me. Um, but this album is a great example of that generation of death metal meeting big label death metal. Um, perfect 90s hybrid writing uh, with modern production, but um, not too sterile. And, uh, you know, 10 years down the line, here we are. I, I, I listen to some new releases that come out, and I think to myself that they, you can't top this album uh, in terms of that, like, very clean clinical uh, production but it, it almost still sounds live. I mean, it, it, it's just it's 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 a really great performance that they got out of these guys. Of course, uh, the songwriting is there. It, I'm sure it was, it's a really tight performance. But um, this production, to me, it doesn't suffer for being very clean. And you guys know I get picky with that. Yes, you do. Yeah. So um, I don't know if this band. It was on Metal Blade, but I I, I, I feel like this band is a little underlooked. Um, yeah. You know what. <laughs> I remember this being pushed a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. They toured with Cannibal Corpse at one mm-hmm. point. They did uh, another. Uh, they, some good tour packages. I don't think it was received as well um, at the time because I, I don't know. I, I I really don't know why. Sometimes it just happens with uh, what people are ready to listen to, and I don't know. I I've never heard it. Aeon stuff I didn't like. Yeah, this is like it's like roots death metal for your you know your um your your bread and water death metal guys you know yes. meat and potatoes death metal you no, know I know what you mean metal blade just... signs a lot of bands too you know what i mean they do yeah, and that's the, this and is it could get lost in the shuffle as far as like what's being pushed out so much it could but right. i feel like this is even like a little more brutal than a lot of the stuff that was coming out on metal blade maybe mm-hmm. i'm maybe i'm a little uh, out of my comfort zone here with that era of time but um this is such a, a through you know thorough through and through death metal album 
Mm. Um, all the makings of one, all the makings of an album uh, made by people who love death metal and have a very analytical eye for it. You know what I mean? When you really listen to the songwriting going on here, this mm-hmm. is just classic, you know? Yeah, it would have been nice <clears throat> if they, they got a little more attention because uh, they're, they're a solid band. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, and I have to remark, too, that 10 years ago, um, in, the, in the year 2010, I, I Artificial Brain was very new to me. Uh, I had I had yet to join Afterbirth. Uh, Buckshot Faceoff was in a weird kind of, you know, n- non-active role for a while. And I had fallen out of touch with a lot of what was new in the death metal and grindcore scene at that point in 2009, 10, 11-ish. Mm-hmm. And then around 2012, I, I really started getting back. I had a lot of, I had some legal issues around that time, uh, relationship issues, uh, you know, shout out to my ex-girlfriend, all that. Life's but, hard, man. Life's yeah, but hard. around that time, it was uh, harder. I didn't have this ill podcast, so, you know, it was harder to keep up with what was new. And I remember... Uh, somehow hearing this when it came out and um, this was like enough for me I guess you know in that time when I couldn't keep up with everything man so I had to go back to this and give it another spin and in this day and age I guess in, in context of listening to it you know now um, it, it, it still uh, it still hits just as hard for me it mm-hmm. still sits just as well for me man this is just a classic thorough death metal album and there's like a certain I guess like elite uh, you know sphere of death metal uh, I like to call like my my own personal little top tier, and I'll put like you know, Hate Eternal up there. Mm-hmm. Um, certain albums by Nile, Morbid Angel, Deicide. I would put this up there, you know, with mm-hmm. like even though they're not a Florida band, they are from Sweden. All due respect, uh, you know, and, and maybe albums by Sinister, uh, Hypocrisy would go up there. Just classic, not early '90s brutal from what I call the first wave of brutality in death metal, and this would be right there, even though it was from only ten years ago. So that's mm-hmm. all I have to say about the album. Path of Fire by Aeon from Sweden. Happy 10th uh, birthday to them. A lot of Deicide vibes on this. Yeah. So I think there's like like four or five of the songs have God in the title. So it's all... This, to me, this sounds so much of what job for a cowboy became mm. and I wonder Ooh. if like yeah. some like a lot of the oxygen in the room got taken up by the name value you know oh, I in a sense because I'm trying to I'm just, I'm trying to figure out like why this you know why this didn't have more legs you know what I mean why this like the head of this band didn't poke ab- uh, above water like so much but it sounds so much about like like what those early 2000s like deathcore bands Mm-hmm. Who turned death metal kind of like the thing about yeah this was pick and chose like you know what what they became or whatever mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure one of these guys I'm not sure who was in Dark Funeral but just to make the point I think these guys were more of your firmly rooted in your classical death metal European guys yeah hundred yeah. percent so they didn't have that death core yeah. uh, you know no. appeal they didn't have that appeal maybe to the younger generation of people that grew up on metalcore and hardcore I guess yeah, you know? as opposed to John for a Cowboy who did have that appeal and then went yeah. more death metal and but was able to bring their audience with them like anybody no who's, comment anybody who's yeah. fans of that like you, this is sick This is Ron Kasnick from Malignancy saying Merry fucking Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, 
Happy Kwanzaa, all that good shit to all the listeners out there of Heavy Hole Podcast. Also, a big shout out to Tom and Will, the hosts. Uh, I love how they bring the underground alive and well and show it that it's fucking thriving in many places. So, big shout out to Tom and Will and all the listeners. Stay brutal and stay safe, my friends. Peace. New Malignancy 2020. Later. What's up, guys? It's Dave from Revocation. Just calling in to wish you all a happy new year. Hope you guys have a great 2020. And may you continue to remain sick and brutal. Cheers. All right, cheers. Dave from Revocation and Gargoyle checking in, man. Obviously, like all the other voicemails, you can go back and check out our interview with Dave uh, in the uh, prior episodes, man. A lot of past guests checking in tonight, man. Uh, yeah. happy, happy to hear from all of them on the voicemail, man. And I think we got uh, we got one more very special voicemail queued up, right? We had to save, we had to save this guy for last. Yeah, yep. One of our first interviews and one yeah. of our, one of the finest. Well, we haven't had a bad interview, uh, but this one that, was not one, else. not one that we uploaded. Yeah. Yo, motherfuckers, this is Frank Reedy of Internal Bleeding War. All you motherfuckers better be listening to Heavy Podcast. Anyway, hope everybody's uh, the holiday season. Whether you spell, you uh, you uh, celebrate Christmas, New Year's. Or uh, digging up graves and uh, fucking some corpses, whatever it may be. Hope you guys and girls, you all have a great holiday season. Uh, what's going on with me? Uh, I did vocals on uh, tons uh, for uh, the band Ton out of Ohio. Their new album forthcoming for a song called Defect. The single's out. You can uh, catch it on YouTube. Um, I did vocals for the uh, the song from Flesh Tomb. Uh, their debut EP, uh, which is out now, and uh, this coming weekend I'm doing vocals for a band outside the country, a Russian death metal band, br- really brutal, their fourth release. And I got a bunch of things in the fire for uh, 2020 with uh, a lot of guest vocal appearances, hopefully. Happy growls, everybody, and uh, you got to listen to death metal every fucking day. If you don't listen to it, then Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast. He's been known to lay out motherfuckers with an atomic leg drop as well as a fucking clothesline that'll decapitate your head from your pathetic body. So anyway, thanks for all the support. Whether you love me with IB or all my guest vocal appearances, whatever it may be, continue to listen to death metal. Stay safe. Be there for your loved ones. God bless. Double bless. That voicemail sounded like a hell of a lot of bananas. Hey, yeah, yeah, a big like a quart of milk, two bananas, and a couple of burpees, and that guy was good to go for that voicemail. Shout out to Uncle Frank, man. Hey, oh, man, yeah, he was feeling it, man. That's that's the, that's the energy we want on the Heavy Hole Podcast. When you leave a voicemail, speaking of voicemails, though, if the listeners are feeling inspired, if, yes, if the listeners are saying. I want to get in on this action and get my voice heard like some of the other listeners I've heard in the past and all these past guests that, that chimed in to say Happy New Year's tonight. What number could they call, Tom? They can call uh, 631-837-3274. Well, Frank, Frank Rini's 
uh, an insanely low and long growl was still reverberating <laughs> between my ears. I didn't hear that. What was the uh, Yeah, I also had cinnamon rum in my ears. So I was <laughs> supposed to drink it. What are you doing to your ears? This guy's oh. cleaning out his ears with rum. 631-837-3274. And I'll probably say it again at the end of the episode, but we got a, a little bit more coming up for you. I know. I know. It was a, I, you know me. When I see a Segway, I got to take it, bro. It's, of course, man. I like, it's, uh, Life is a Segway. I want to ride it all night long. Paul Blart. famous word. I forget who sang the song. But uh, that, yeah, that, that was another great 90s jam, all right? Listen, uh, look, I took you guys 40 years back. I took you gradually back 30, 20, 10. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I tried to recommend some stuff that maybe <clears throat> always do- doesn't always come up in conversation every day unless every day you talk to sick people who like <laughs> sick music, okay? Yeah. Um, uh, we got some voicemails from past guests, friends of the podcast. We wish them all uh, the best in their future endeavors in 2020. Um, Justin, the toilet. What's going on with that in your house? Tell you later. Okay. All right. I'm waiting on that. I'm trying. I know. Now, uh, we do have some album recommendations. I'm going to sit the album recommendations out because I've been talking about albums for most of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Only taking breaks to listen to voicemails and swig cinnamon spice flavored rum. Speaking of. Yeah. Let's get one more shot on the audio. Allegedly, if the cops are listening, this is all apple juice. Hmm. Oh, what do you got over there? I'm going Tullamore Dew. I don't have hepatitis. What are you talking oh, about? Man. No, it's not that. It's, uh, the cinnamon thing is um, it's a bit much for me. So oh, yeah? I like I like the taste of gravel. I'm, I'm a real man. I can take sugar and spice. Whoa. <clears throat> Tom uh, buys a Christmas tree, but he doesn't decorate it. That's the thing. I hang it upside down. <laughs> oh, that's cold. Puts yeah, like that. Yeah, he puts the stump on the roof. Yeah, he throws throws a malignancy shirt over it. I haven't talked to my parents in a long time. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, let's get into some recommendations. Justin. <clears throat> well, 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 wait, wait, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. Hey. Listen, somebody broke a rule tonight. I'm going to call him out on it. All right? Is it me? Yeah, Justin. <laughs> Justin, are your socks tore ready? Are you ready for tour right now? Oh. Yo, Jesus, Jesus Christ, absolutely not. Yeah, I'm not. What, what's going on with your socks? Well, it's 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 a it's fantastic that I'm still just recording the songs that I will be touring with with my broken ass socks. So if you can hear, you won't yeah. be able to hear. Yeah, peel off them high top Nikes. So, well, can, will you, you need to narrate these? Yeah, so, yeah. So what do we got? This is right foot. Yeah, right this now. right right foot is looking tour ready. I mean, you're you got this like a. An inside-out design. It's like a designer sock with a little design on it, but it's I, intact. I got this on the uh, the free shit table at work. This is a runner's world. Okay. Uh, Shout to magazine. them. We're sponsored by them. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, Allegedly. All right. All right. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's other my foot. right foot. Other foot. Do you have another runner's world? No, this is like some no, old... No, what do we got here? This is... Good uh, God. This is like Oliver Twist right here. He's got an old dress sock, and the heel is completely missing, like he's wearing stirrups or something. Um, this is completely worn through. Is this for like a bass drum, kick drum technique or yeah, something? Yeah, this is just more arrow Better heel toe? Yeah. <laughs> what, what the fuck, man? Uh, was, now, I was capturing a photo personally, for uh, I'm a little social ins- media. Personally, right I'm insulted because we did a whole episode on what to bring on tour, and I, I went into great detail uh, about the socks. By the way, for the listeners, you can go back. It was our tour talk part one. Uh, yeah. We talked all about the whole sock thing. You bring a pack of socks, you throw them out as you go, whatever you want to do. I'm a little disappointed, man. I got a fresh pack of Hanes, uh, yeah. ten pack in the in the Jeep. You want one? Uh, no, um, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, uh, it's you know it's no wonder I've been kicked out of every band that I've ever been in before, and um, 
And I'm not sorry either. This is I just walk hard. If you can I see have, the disgust. I have diamond dusted skin. Uh, it, this doesn't happen to my socks alone. It also happens to my pants and my uh, my underoos and the underarms of my shirts. Um, it's a it's a very rough life I'm living, and I don't wish it upon my worst enemy. Uh, I'm on my second pair of socks for the day right now. <laughs> All right, I came home from work. I changed my socks. All right, I'm living the life here. I don't. I don't just talk about this stuff on the podcast. I put. Uh, I put my, my. I put pants on 15 minutes before I came here, so <laughs> only oh, enough time whoa. to warm my car up. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> living also, easy. Just for reference, if you listen to the Sam Smith episode we did earlier this year, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Sam Smith from Artificial Brain, I did ask him the hard hitting question: Does yeah. Will actually change his socks as much as he claims to? And what was that and, answer? And he did. He so does. Yeah. It was he, ver- he ver- said, verified. Uh, what Will is saying is yeah. not just talk. Bing bong. All right. Will uh, he he walks the walk, talks the talk, and I cannot walk with him because of my haggard footwear. Yeah, I walk the walk in fresh socks all day. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, I'm going to recommend to you that you get some fresh socks, Justin. Could you recommend to me an album? Wreath of Tongues, Penance. Hell yeah! <clears throat> Let's just have a little little bit of a listening party and enjoy these sweet sounds. Uh, I should go to the band camp instead. Or that playoff intro. <laughs> I'll do this while I'm waiting. So uh, my new recommendation uh, this week, um, I have Long Island, New York's Wreath of Tongues. Their uh, brand new first LP after a, uh, a couple of fucking dynamite EPs. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is their new, their new jump off. Penance came out at the time of recording... Uh, this weekend, uh, December 2019. Um, we've had uh, the guitar player, Russ Savarese, on the show, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was hyping this up a little bit for us. And now that it's out, man, it, it completely lived up to the hype that I kind of made up. Yeah, we. You, know? you can trust him. Yeah, he's absolute absolute trust. You, you uh, may have been like, oh, oh, this this guy's talking about his own band too much. Maybe I can't trust that. No, you can do it. Yeah, you can absolutely. He's one do of the it. rare guys in the community that you listen to his band when he says to do it, and you'll be happy. It's me, a- don't listen to me. <laughs> no, right. No. <laughs> uh, right now, our listeners have no choice. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Russ, he's a good guy though. Top top boy for sure. I don't know what that means, but he's he's a top guy. Um. God damn. So yeah, Rita Tongues just put out um, this just super groovy, aggressive, grindy brand of hardcore. Um, you might be seeing a lot of a lot of bands coming out as of recent, like Towton, maybe similar pedigree or whatever, but I think Rita Tongues have, have kind of at least for me risen to the top of the list of, of bands to pay attention to in the new year in that sort of genre. Um, there's what I love most about this man is the urgency. The, everything is straight to the point. You know, you got no songs over two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven track, fifteen minute record. Math checks out, I think. And uh, and yeah, man, there's a little bit of red cord in here, which I love. Uh, got some Dillinger Escape. You know, in in some of these weird off time groovy uh, breakdown sort of things they got going on. I was lucky enough to catch them last night and. The shit pans out live. Uh, I, I'm I'm very excited for my friends and uh, and wish them all the congratulations for this this beautiful piece that just came out. And uh, those boys work hard. Uh, they're all gems at their instruments, man. And uh, if if you got some time, spin this Wreath of Tongues record because it's fucking dope. 
That's all I gotta say about that. show us a new record yes i will i'll do that right now thank you for asking so i i uh stumbled across this band they're called seas s-e-i-z-e not capital like c apostrophe. the day yes. okay. yeah it's not like multiple c's or you know yes uh just to be clear this is their single ashes this is released on pink lemonade records from ontario canada the band is also from there uh, they also did a cassette release on Sludge Lord Records uh, from the UK. Mixed and mastered by Marco Brissetti at Dead Quarter Studios, also in Ontario. All local stuff, mm. except with the cassette there. But, uh, you know, the, 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 that's the thing. Tapes travel. There's a whole, there was a community built on tapes travel. You so can fix them if they don't. Do wherever you want. It's fine. Um, so this is a four-piece band. Um, not a lot of information on them a lot online. Aside from they have one other album, uh, excuse me, one other EP, and then this single. This just came out December 13th, 2019. Very hot. Eerie, sludgy doom metal, but very informed by grindcore. I will go out on a limb and say that these guys in the band are probably fans of grind or have been in other grind projects. Uh, Not your typical doom stuff. A little more focused on pushing like raw aggression having a nice like oomph to everything as opposed to letting things ring out augmenting chords to create their atmosphere truly enjoyed this it's got a few creepy samples in it and some somewhat uh dynamic songwriting and uh, a few clean uh, a clean part in this first song we're hearing the maw the maw the maw Looking for singles and EPs as I've been doing recently, I really like this because it didn't sound like uh, things I firstly had been listening to in a while. But um, what was different about this was the the sludgy doom shit, which was executed so well with, like I just said, that that kind of grind emphasis, disgusting push that makes it a little bit more like slower grind quarter. Yeah, it's very unsettling the way this is grooving right now. It doesn't sit at all, really. It kind of feels like it's pouring all the time, (laughs) as opposed to just kind of like, it's not a pool like a lot of sludge and doom is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, aside from that, I I just gotta say, go listen to it, because it's it's dark. Where are they from? Ontario, Canada. That's right. Yeah, for a slow, uh, doomy, kind of sludgy band, it does have a lot of momentum to it. It's like a slow-moving train, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Kind of shift in the atmosphere too, man. It's interesting stuff. Two songs, The Maw and Broken on the Wheel.
right, Justin, what do you have for an old one for us? Okay, Tom, are you by a computer? Yes. Uh, Behemoth's Demigod. Wow. So uh, my my oh my classic rec- recommends uh, Behemoth's Demigod from Poland. The year is Poland. Uh, came out in October <laughs> 2004 on uh, Century Media in the U.S., which is how I listen to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Wow, Behemoth. Okay, so um, so this is their uh, their seventh full length record, which is ridiculous. Which is absolutely it's absolutely insane. I know it's like fifteen years ago, and it's um, seven, yeah. oh yeah. man, yeah, they've come out with six albums since us, right? Or six or seven at least. Yeah, yeah. at least. Um, so this was actually my first delve into Behemoth. Was I, I discovered them through this record, and after like. Um, Getting a full scope of, of, of their musical career, um, you know, Nurgle and company, and Inferno and company, right? Right. Um, uh, this is, the, to me, this is the most angry, most aggressive sounding record that they that they came out with. Uh, this is peak death metal behemoth. Uh, yes. Peak, like, agree. extreme, absolute death metal behemoth. Um, there is, uh, you know... If you're a fan of Behemoth's catalog, like that, you might, depending on why you like them, like there's a lot of like black metal fans that like Behemoth, or a lot of like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, uh, orchestral battlefield sounding uh, fans. Yeah, of Behemoth, the, right? Well, they are one of those bands that, um, in Poland, especially like like we had, um, <clears throat> Poland was one of those countries that had a lot of death metal and a lot of black metal. Yeah, uh, regionally, and there was a lot of battling between the two. Mm. So it was very bold of them to start this project that was so death metal oriented with black metal origins and just and go, uh, fuck your fighting, we're just making dope music. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not really a fan of their recent stuff, but this album is phenomenal. I agree. It's a great and, album, yeah. So it started with like Thelma Six, right? And then the, uh, yeah. the one after which is sold little Latin, I forget the name of some, that one. Yeah, Latin it's the Lama Six and then yeah. So that yeah. was that was kind of like the start of their more like more into discovering like a a unique death metal sound for for Poland for for the you know the setting that they were kind of in right. at least as far as like what Nurgle considered that mm-hmm. uh, being being the brain behind it but um but yeah I mean I, I can't I can't say enough like the aggressiveness the anger the the, the fucking um, just hugeness of this record you know this this is probably I think this was the only record where they where Nurg- they uh, experimented with um. That high-low pitch vocal kind of yeah, style, almost like a gore grind technique, where it was like uh, everything was filtered. everything was everything's yeah. filled. Everything is like every piece of vocal coming out is 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 super high or super low, layered on top of each other, and then like even building on layers on top of that. Um, I I happen to be a huge fan of it, and uh, especially with the songwriting that that that's on this record, um, the guitar work is is absolutely phenomenal. I think this is like some of the most uh, just blatantly aggressive riffing that I've heard before um, all accompanied by by the, the nasty drums of Inferno man mm-hmm. like, well I mean the drumming is kill, so, everything is great totally unreal and and uh, and and this hit me at a time where like you know early 2000s right so like this kind of this kind of checked the boxes for me in terms of like you know what I, like if you want to call quote unquote like breakdown shit in terms of death metal I think like you know, a track like Conquer All or Slaves Shall Serve and stuff like that, like, we're just so over the top with that sort of heaviness. And then you add in, like, each flashy guitar lead on this record that mm-hmm. is so musical and, like, excite, like, um, yeah, just has this, like, uh, sc- 
screaming like excitedness about it. Um, and then something, something you know, like diving a little bit deeper into it, uh, the song XUL, that XUL, whatever the fuck it might be, uh, later in the record actually has uh, leads by Carl Sanders of Nile. And it kind of wow. adds a little bit of a, a different sort of flavor into it. I was just going to say, uh, in the early during this period, like you described, how this is kind of yeah. like more their death metal period, this this album and the album, I, I guess, before and then after it, right? Oh, is that more, like the two before and then a little bit the one after? Yeah, yeah. What, what, we're talking about kind of like early 2000s uh, behemoth. Yes. Uh, I, re- I remember at the same time, uh, Nile, I, I always had this like, I really enjoyed this album in particular that you brought up. Thanks mm-hmm. for bringing it. Uh, this and Nile were like the only two death metal bands that like I've like you said orchestral battlefield parts like they they would just be like a really cool death metal band and then all of a sudden it would be like Sea of Orcs Lord of the Rings you know For what I mean sure, yeah. yeah I love that about them too man I like that like that's so much of the origin of Behemoth and then like kind of what what they've gotten into a little bit later like you know as as it's matured you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. I see this I see this as like still like um like a young band's music you know like yeah. like yeah. still something trying like still proving something mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what creates the urgency behind it I think that's what creates a lot of the the aggressiveness behind it but the roots in in like what you were saying like uh, like you know just the European blackened kind of like battlefield roots uh, I love and, and still with Nile I love how that comes through mm. but like with the accompaniment of of this in like this insane death metal reference, you know. Yeah, it's it's thoroughly death metal, but uh it also it it has those epic kind of movie score like uh yeah. you know qualities to it. Um yeah. and which brings like the hugeness of this record, you know, in production, yeah. Yeah. in concept and everything that we have just been saying. Yeah, it, for such a polished record, which we do talk a lot about on this album, like how yeah. how much of them sound forced and polished and plasticky, like this fills a lot of that room, mm-hmm. but without being synthetic feeling. Yeah. It just sounds big. It sounds like the strings are in the same room as you, you know, the, 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 the guitar amps are right in your ears as opposed to like going through a computer. Um, there's really some, well achieved. Yeah, man. There's and there's something about like and and I'm sure like this record definitely helped it. But there's something about the lore of this band mm-hmm. um, to where whatever they put out, you believe it. You yeah. know, um, and I don't think that's to be to be discounted. And uh, and this this rec this behemoth record definitely holds like a, uh, a a special place for me personally as being like my you know my my first um, exposure to this band, but also to a lot of the world of European death metal. And uh, fuck, man, this this shit just hits so hard. Like, I still I remember like where I was here in Conquer All, you know, when, like when that happened, and like the, the the change of perspective. You know, I just think it's mm-hmm. such a such a great track, and um, and it's a, it's a really good band. And even though like I'm not into what they're doing now, I still feel like it's um it's it's worth checking out. And anybody, you know, if you dig it, dig it. And I always I always pay attention to what they're doing, man.
Ooh, we're going to 1992. It's pretty old, right? I guess you know. Um, so the band in question is named Polluted Inheritance. Wow, I, I I'm I'm drawing a blank on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know this. This is a new one to me. I I just in my diving around, I found this. The band Polluted Inheritance put out called Ecocide. Hmm. November 1992 on Morbid Music Records. Now that is the same record label mm. that happened to put on another underrated group known as Jumpin' Jesus. That Justin Wait a minute! Wow! Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that was entirely coincidental. How I found this? Simply internet browsing, as I do. And man, I clicked on this first time. I'm hearing it. Why the fuck don't people talk about this shit? Yo, this label. A later conversation yeah. is, <laughs> this label, what yeah. are they doing? I would like to talk about this label on another episode. But, yeah, um, yeah so this is the Diff- first of three full lengths that this band did uh, throughout their career. It's a four-piece from the, the Netherlands. Super ahead of their time. Just listen to these riffs. They are, like, 1992, writing things that I would kind of relate more to the late, late 90s. Thrash influence reminded me a bit of that band Aspid that I think I brought in on the second episode of this uh, Russian band. Mm-hmm. One of these bands that was listening to, I guess, collectively listening to things that were just cutting edge, and then decided to throw it all in the right place. The vocal performance is killer. The guitar player is also doing vocals at the same time. Riffs, serious riffs, good composition, dynamic songwriting, um, not breaking bounds in song structure style but at the same time every riff has your attention on this all the way through ecocide is it uh is it the same morbid is it is it a label from germany the netherlands and they only put out four releases wow interesting and one of them was jumping jesus yeah yeah yeah. i remember that and that was also a pretty amazing release so that was like a very limited obscure kind of like progressive death metal label right so i want to check out the other two bands yeah we got to man yeah um, yeah, so this Ecoside this album so was actually sick. put out by, um, so it was put out by Morbid and then recently just re-released by Vic Records, V-I-C, which I'm not that familiar with, but another thing I'm going to dive into. Okay. Uh, they seem to be uh, repressing some really cool gold stuff that I will bring bring to the forefront. All right. Wow. Damn. This is some obscure shit, man. Digging deep. These guys must have just been like, uh, you know, on the, on the cutting edge of uh, death metal. They probably they were up on their pestilence, their their death, their you know, yeah, their suffocation, everything else. And this is during a time when all those bands were really kind of finding their own name. I, my death is gone. They left me, so did I. I arise, come back to life, and look through my own eyes. My face is growing older. Yes, your memories are mine. Right, man. So uh, I I thought I was bringing in the um the kind of underrated, overlooked uh, old stuff tonight, man. But Tom just flexed hard. Um, I just wanted to add too. Speaking of flexing, 
Uh, I did have this original uh, cassette pressing 1980 Def Leppard on through the night. Nice. <laughs> it's original pressing. <laughs> the accused grinning, <laughs> grinning like an undertaker. Uh, nasty mix records. Promotion only, not for sale. And this original pressing uh, Willow Tip 12 inch vinyl. Uh, Circle of Dead Children, the, the Genocide Machine. And uh, the real, I mean, one of the real reasons, I forgot to point out um, when I was describing the Circle of Dead Children that I did have the vinyl with me tonight. Not just to flex, um, but it has this warning, may contain subliminal and or backward messages on the label here, man. I love that, man. These guys are just always a, just kind of a cool, subversive band, man, doing something a little different, man. So I was happy I got to talk about all these bands. And yes, uh, I did not um, have the uh, Aeon physical format with me, so I cannot flex on that. Can't but, be perfect, Will. But yeah. that's a pretty good you. record. Yeah, I think it was. Thank you to you guys for bringing your recommendations. I enjoyed them. Three out of Both four. Both new and old. Yeah. Uh, shout to Russ and Read the Tongues. Congratulations to them on the uh, release of that. Oh, yeah, brother. Uh, and for the listeners, obviously, um, you can go back and check out um, all these old uh, episodes of ours where the people who have voicemails, we interview them. Uh, we interviewed Russ about Read the Tongues. We had episode tape talk. Well, we had the, the tour talk. No, tour in the hole, right? Uh, yeah. Whatever we called the first tour episode uh, when we started doing this, that's what it was. It was yeah, tour it was one. Better than J-Wall socks. And you can hear all about the sock advice and all the other tour advice. All Follow right? it. It's true. So we tried to give you a little, uh, you know, little, little reflection, a little look back uh, on all the different things that we've talked about uh, with this heavy hole podcast year one. Looking forward to year two. We already got most of uh, the January month booked up with guests. Uh, I wish I could talk about some of them right now, but I'm not going to unveil the mystery, man. But we got some heat for you, all right? Oh, yeah. Very excited for the new stuff coming mm-hmm. up. Really cool, uh, interesting artists that I, I know are going to go over really well. That's right. Yeah, we got some. Uh, we took your advice. We, we actually booked two artists already for January interviews that were requested on the Facebook page when I said, who do you guys want us to reach out to? Uh, I have a very special surprise for our 90s brutal death metal heads. I'm not going to go any further than that, but we're going to drop it. We're going to punch you over the head with it uh, in, um, in, uh, in, in, in uh, January when we release it. Uh, and some other things going on, man. So just thanks to all you guys for supporting us. Uh, speaking of supporting the Heavy Hole podcast, we do have that Patreon now. Best way to support us is to listen and tell your friends. No, that's right. And then the second best way is patreon.com slash heavyholepodcast. It's a professional. Tom's a professional. Yeah. 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 Um, Class act. Yeah. We're, 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 we have we have our Patreon set up so you can come support us financially a little bit. We're, we do this because we love it, but if we can get a little financial help, we'll be able to do cooler things. Maybe some travel stuff in the future and mm-hmm. um, upgrade the mic situation. It helps. Everything helps. Yeah, you know? we'll be offering some perks in the New Year's as well. So yeah, yeah. look yeah. out we for a merch stay store. Tuned to yeah. All the things we recorded our uh, our first bonus episode. We're getting ready to upload that. Oh yeah, that's one yeah. other thing you should know about the Patreon. We're not doing um, bonus episodes on the regular RSS feed. You're going to have to be a Patreon member to get the bonus stuff. Don't worry, you'll still get the regular podcast if uh, that's not working for you. You'll still get the the meat, but uh, that's just a little extra. Cheapskate, cheapskate. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing, man. Come on. I'm 37. I don't even know what Patreon is, man. I just these guys they play video games and stuff. They yeah, know, it's they, cool. They, they, they know the stuff. Well, man. top tier of the Patreon Patreon is uh, you just get the podcast on cassette, and then yeah, we're we're still working that out. Yeah, we're still working it out. Yeah, yeah. the guy told me about twitch stream the other day i thought he was talking about somebody having a seizure and wetting their pants listen tom don't edit this out if you if you want to uh get in touch with us uh, otherwise though reach out to us on heavyholepodcast at gmail.com 
And then also, get, leave a voicemail. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, 631-837-3274. What is that number? Uh, 631-837-3274. 3274. Yeah, leave a voicemail. Yeah, and uh, we got the Heavy Hole Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Heavy Hole Podcast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for the kids. Grams. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. We appreciate you guys uh, and girls out there uh, listening to us, supporting the podcast. Mm -hmm. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's them again. Um, Also, to quote uh, Frank Rini, listen to death metal every day. Every day, yeah. Or Will's going to clothesline. That's all alleged. I don't know what kind of allegation. Frank Rini making wild allegations about Big Will on the Heavy Hole Podcast tonight. Um, if you don't listen to death metal, yeah, allegedly those things might happen. I don't know. Maybe he was talking about another bit. Maybe he was talking about Will Raymer or something. Maybe uh, another big Will. Yeah. Who knows? He said leg drop too, but you got. I know you got a different finishing. Move, I got some so, big yeah. legs here though. All right, uh, size three X Reebok sweatpants, buddy. Clean socks. All right, <laughs> and clean socks on the feet. Anyway, so, yeah. I just want you know, just don't give Jeff Bezos too much of your money this holiday season. Spend it locally. Yeah, uh, or on the Heavy Hole podcast. Good sentiment, but this episode's going to be out after Christmas. Well, I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to tell everybody uh, who that news was too late to that the cinnamon spiced rum is flowing here in the basement, and if your family members are lucky enough to sip it with you, then your life is good, and you shall be fortunate in the new year. And that's all I have to say about that. I just died inside waiting for you to finish that. (laughs) All right. We're out. Okay, one.